Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Shonen Jump's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. And this week we read Flame of Rekka Volume 5. Since we are reading Flame of Rekka every month this year. Mm-hmm. But before that, we had what I thought, I don't know what you thought, Kevin. I thought it was like a superlative issue of Shonen Jump. I definitely, I had a really hard time ranking the top slots. Like, I liked a lot of the stuff. There were a couple bad eggs, in my opinion. But other than that, I did really like this jump. Like, literally, my top seven, I was staring at it for like ten minutes going, I don't know where to put any of these. Yeah, I'm looking at my seven as well, and that I would agree the top seven were all amazing. And then I thought like the next seven after that, honestly, were pretty good too. Like I said, I liked it. I wonder if that has to do with them getting an extra week because that would about fall here. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get into it. Starting with One Piece chapter 981, joining the fight. It was a chapter of One Piece that I feel like did a lot. Like it felt like it was twice the normal size of a chapter to me. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. There's a ton of stuff going on. We've got Kid fighting Oppo. Uh, we've got more explanation on what the rest of the samurai are doing. We have the scene at the end with Big Mom's family that I just absolutely loved. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was thinking about, since someone in the ch- our Discord mentioned this week that they just didn't get One Piece and were not going to try... One thing One Piece is really, really good at, as we've said before, is rewarding you for having read it before. Yes. And this, the end of this chapter is one of those things that, like, if you know who all these people are, you're like, oh, man, this is super cool. Like, what's, what's going to happen next? Whereas if you don't know, it's just the random-ass collection of people talking. Yep. And a boat falls down a waterfall, I guess. Yeah, I just, I really loved that the Big Mom Pirates are like, all right, come on, we're going to do it this time. And then Marco shows up and just like, no. Like, what are you doing here? Well, I love that that's what happened to them earlier. Like, that's my favorite thing. That's probably yeah. my favorite thing about the chapter. It's like, yeah, Marco's here. That's awesome. But it's the fact that the Big One Pirate's like, all right, come on, we're going to make it up this damn waterfall. <laughs> and then, oh no, is that Ace again? Nope, someone else. Boop. Yep. Yeah, and like, this is the first time we're seeing Kid, like, fight with the Straw Hats. And I mean, it's been a slow... Like, it's obviously that's what is going to happen in this story. Mm-hmm. But it's been a slow build, and we haven't really seen Kid fight, like, at all, really. So that's cool. Yeah, we've seen him launch a couple attacks. And we get some Sanji stuff in the middle here, and some Nami stuff that is part of the samurai stuff we didn't even talk to. It's yep. just a very dense chapter. Yep. Chopper sees Big Mom again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Anything else you wanted to say on it? No. All right, that will bring us to the Promised Neverland, Chapter 180, Your Everything. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I liked the twist that the unpronounceable demon god thingy put on Emma's wish. I do, too. I can't help but feel like that chapter two back that I said was an odd beat. It stands out even more to me now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because this seems like exactly the sort of thing she said wouldn't happen. I do like a lot of the ideas here. And I like the fact that Emma has been, like, stuck in this cabin in, like, basically the North Pole. Yep. For some amount of time, which is why they can't find her. There's some interesting stuff where I could 
like it says like you'll have to give up your memories of your family and also all your future connections which is i I want interesting i wonder if that's a not a mistranslation but if there's a more literal translation to it because she does seem to be making a connection with santa claus here yeah but yeah i i thought it was pretty interesting it definitely had an impact yeah and i like the she dreams about her old family but can't Mm. remember well like like most dreams, you can't remember them very well when you wake up. Yeah, when we see the dream, all the family are, don't have their faces. And I'm not sure if that's literally what she's dreaming or if she just can't remember when she mm-hmm. wakes up. Any of it. It's definitely a powerful chapter. Yep. It just, like I said, seemed a little odd to me in context. Like, the one where she's like, oh, no, I didn't have to pay anything. I mean, I get that Emma is the sort who would lie about that. It just, like I said... Given this, it seems even more weird, that beat of a chapter. Yeah, it's probably just the fact that she's going like, I can't worry them. So it's like, yes, I'll be going, you know, to the human world. Which is true as far as we can tell. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly what I, well, I mean, we saw Ray at the final thing. So she's like, she is there. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? No. All right. That will bring us to My Hero Academia number 274, Search. Which, I've said this before about this arc, it finally seems like this arc of My Hero is where I want it to be with this mm-hmm. chapter. Yep. Which is, is fighting Shigaraki, we find out he has a regeneration quirk. Well, he's got most of the quirks that All for One had. Yeah, that's the, just the only one we really see him. And Surge. Here. Yeah. Okay, that's more implied, but you are correct. That's absolutely... I. Um, like something we're on. supposed to think he has. Yeah. Well, and there's also there's even the one panel of the um, member of the Pussycats who used to have that quirk to remind yeah. us that she doesn't anymore. Yeah. Oh man, my search quirk would be so useful right now. I'm not even in Deku being like I'm not even in a sight line. <laughs> How is he heading right towards me? Yeah. 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 You're you're right. Uh, we but we don't see like the infrared or anything. But you're absolutely correct. He definitely has that one as well. Yeah. And he he's got like this drive to get one for all. Because that was the one power that never worked the way All for One wanted it. So yeah. that was kind of his like, hey, maybe you can get it to work for you. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's part of the process or if, if like All for One is in Shigaraki's head in some way or if that's just because he raised him. But I do like that he's going right after Deku and they're like, ah, oh, he seems to be targeting the civilians. And Deku realizes what's going on. And also, more importantly, I think Bakugo realizes what's going on. Yep. And Baku goes like, yeah, we, we can't tell them because they don't like overprioritize protecting you. So we have to go. Yep. And it ends with Deku getting in touch with Endeavor and being like, yeah, I think he's after me specifically. Yep. Yeah, I thought this was a super strong chapter. It is kind of a beat, but it's exactly the beat I want. And the Bakugo stuff is really, really good. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? Nope. All right. That will bring us to Time Paradox Ghost Rider, Chapter 4, Counterfeit. I talk about, every once in a while, I try to pretend I know how comics work, and I talk about page turn reveals, mm-hmm. and this chapter has, like, one of the best I've seen in a really long time. Actually, One Piece had a really good one, too, with Marco. Yep. But this one stood out way more to me, I think, because it was... The, the series was so good at misdirecting... Yeah. ...that when it happened, it was like... I had to do a double take, almost... I was probably slightly less surprised than you. Like, not to say that I wasn't surprised, but at least in some part of my head, 
I was sort of expecting this. Yeah, I definitely think this character couldn't and shouldn't have gone away. But, I mean, my criticism of last chapter, especially of this series, was it seems like the main character has no one to bounce off of. Mm -hmm. And so this starts with him talking about how he wanted to say more to I know, but he didn't get a chance. Yep. And like he really wishes he could, but like he's too busy making manga. Like he doesn't have time to go talk to her because yep. manga is the worst job you could possibly have. If you want free time, yes. Probably not the worst, but it's got to be up there. Anyway, so his editor is introducing him to his assistants, and he's got three of them: the young, excited one, who's literally called Genki, so he's probably the only one I'll remember, <laughs> and then two who contrast him, and also uh, like they're displayed. Three of them. It's the page on the left is all three of them stacked on top of each other with their introductions. Yeah. And then on the page turn is then, and also this girl I just found, she's only 17. Her name is Aino. And she's like, hi. Yep. And she's his assistant now, which like I said, last week, I, I still think that last chapter was weird. Like we yes. I talked about last week, but as far as the direction to go, like these characters needed to be together. So I'm happy that they got put back together so quickly. Yep. And the rest of it is basically him trying to justify maybe to himself why he can't tell I know the truth about what's going on a bit. Yeah. And his self justification is basically that she wouldn't believe him and like it would just hurt her. And there's no point to it, especially because she has quit school since she wasn't going anyway. to try to be his assistant to improve herself. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I have to respect that. And the rest of the chapter is basically him just trying his hardest to be as good as I know from 10 years from now and him being unable to do it. And he keeps redrawing the pages. Yep. So it's still pretty strong. But I feel like you've been dominating the conversation on a lot of these. So is there anything else you wanted to say on it? No, I like you've been dominating the conversation, but you've really just been hitting all the points. And yeah. part of the problem with a bunch of this stuff being so good is I was like, oh, I really like this part. And so there's not much to talk about. Yeah. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. And I felt like the, like I said, the misdirect on it. I guess you, you expected this to happen. But I was expecting I know not to show up until maybe the end of this chapter, like in, in a cutaway. And so I was very pleasantly surprised. I was still super surprised by it. I just, I remember saying last week, maybe she'll show right back up again. I wasn't yeah. literally expecting you know, four pages into the next chapter that she'd be back, but I was at least expecting her to come back because I was like, there's no way that she just doesn't immediately show up again. Mm-hmm. That will bring us on to Act Age scene 115, Guaranteed Pass. What did you think of Act Age, Kevin? I really liked Act Age this week. I really liked Kay's approach to the audition and just the reveal of these other people that she's auditioning with or I guess are in the edition because at first we see through the lens of one of the other girls at the audition. And there's like 40 girls at this audition and the director is like, or, not, or no, it is the director is like, we're going to be breaking you up into four man groups and we're going to have you audition as four man groups. Cause we're also going to be auditioning for some of the bit parts. So this will make it a bit easier for us to just judge how you work between one another as well, like at least for the preliminaries. Mm -hmm. So we see through this, the eyes of this other girl. I don't remember her name. Natsu. She is the member of a girl group. Yep. 
And she's worried that she's not going to be, she's like, yeah, I mean, like I've been in an idol group, but I don't have any acting fame, I guess. And she's like, well, I know that person and I know that person, but I don't know this last one, but I can't assume that she's less talented than me because she's still here. So I have to assume that she's at least as talented, if not more talented than me. So she like is having all this internal debate on oh, wow, that was really powerful. What, they already memorized their lines? Well, now I've got to improv. And just a bunch of stuff going on really cool. And then I like the reveal that at the end of it, the the person who they're portraying... Ren Tamaki. Yes, is in the room with them. And she points to this one mystery girl and is like, all right, why have you been acting since before the audition began? And... She reveals herself to be Kay, taking off her glasses and changing her hair, and being like, I wanted to show you guys that I could play a bunch of different characters. Yeah, I did really like the reveal on that. It made me go back and reread the chapter, considering that, and unfortunately, I don't think the chapter gains much in that way. It's not quite like a Fight Club revelation, where it changes the way you read the chapter, but it still made me want to do that. Yeah, it I I did not go back through it, but I definitely really loved the reveal of like, oh yeah, this like random girl, like I thought we were going to be like, maybe this girl that we're currently seeing their eyes through is going to be one of the co-stars. So it's like, oh, let's get how her audition process went. It's like, oh no, she's also part of, like she's on the audition with Kay. And we just don't know it's Kay at the moment. Yeah, it definitely seems like the main purpose of this chapter is to introduce her and keep the focus on her. And removing yep. Kay from like the audience's eyes is an interesting way to do that. It also gets Kay right back in with her immediately at the end of this chapter. It's pretty strong. I'll probably have more to say exactly how I feel about it when we get to Jump Card. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like you go back and reread the chapter, as I did, and it doesn't really do a lot. I gotcha. But it... like is a good reveal, and I think it's a good introduction to this character. I like her quite a bit. I'm interested to see where this goes. I wonder if, because we're doing bit parts, if maybe Yonagi's just going to get a bit part? Probably not, but that would be interesting to make her play a supporting role. Possibly. Also, it might be that the girl that we saw who was the lens of this chapter gets one of the bit parts, so this is kind of like an introduction for her. Well, and she could go on to be a character further on, too. Yes. Definitely, I think it's an intro for her. I'm just curious about that now. Is what That's what this chapter got me thinking about. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That brings us to Dr. Stone Z equals 153 War Game. What did you think of Dr. Stone this week, Kevin? I really like Dr. Stone this week. So we have Senko and Yusei are like, well, because we have bamboo, we're going to be able to do some stuff that they're not, they would not have been able to do over here in America. Which is totally true, since bamboo is an extremely flexible building material. And I don't mean, like, it's literally flexible, but it also has mm-hmm. a bunch of uses. As opposed to, you'd really need some high-level composites to do some of the stuff that bamboo can do naturally. Like, stuff is still made out of bamboo today. Not all the time, but there is stuff still made out of bamboo today. So they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we got kind of lucky. And so they were talking about the enemy plane had glass skis versus we're going to be able to make wheels. And he was like, I really like Senko was like, they either didn't have enough, they don't have rubber or they don't have enough rubber to be able to make wheels for the plane. So they had to go with these glass skis. 
which like work mm-hmm. but aren't super great. I also like their they set up the uh, civilization board. Yes, I don't. It's probably not civilization that there's specifically it's probably another game, but it's definitely hex tiles. Yeah, it's hex tiles, and they're like trying, and they're like, all right, well, we can guess the enemy's base is somewhere around here, and they're like, well, we can try and escape, but that's going to be a bad plan because they already know where we are and they have air superiority, so we're not going to be able to escape very far. And so they start thinking of these, like, all right, so they could do the pirate strategy where you make a small maneuverable craft that will basically treat the Perseus like a sitting duck and come on and board. I do love, not to interrupt you, but the one of them says, yes, that's how pirates operate in modern times. And I just do love the idea that referring to the current real age as modern times as opposed to <laughs> the fictional modern future age. It, this is not the only series I've seen do that. Yeah. But yeah, so I liked that. So they're like, maybe they're going to do a pirate attack or uh, potentially they could just come uh, bomb us. And like, the problem is we have a bunch of really strong fighters, but we have, they have the air superiority. So we're going to have to deal with that. And then as they're going through this whole thing, Ryusei is kind of like, wait a minute, this is exactly what they want us to think. They want us to sit here and not move because this guy's really smart. So we can't, we can't go with the first strategy that comes to our head. We have to counterplay our opponents. And then it cuts to that guy being like, yeah, they're going to, you know, there's only one super scientist on the squad. So they're going to be cut with indecision about, and they're going to be stay, they're going to stay still so that we can send the max or whatever the guys, the military dudes name is They're like, we can just send him with his machine gun to go kill everybody. Well, it's not even everybody. He's specifically their scientist, Doctor Taiju. Yes, that's right. He's like, it's like once we kill him, like then, like they'll be without a leader. They won't. He's their only scientist, so. Yeah, they won't be able to do anything. Won't. Yeah, and then like they'll just come to us. Where and Sukasa is like, okay, so we need to have our art like swift fighters go sneak in and kidnap their scientist. Yeah, so we will make a ninja team. Yeah, so I just, I really like the the setup where they're like, oh, so this yeah. is like a quick strike battle. Like, they realize, wait, this is the enemy's plan. Mm-hmm. It was just something really good. Yeah, it really worked. Mm-hmm. We also still have them trying, like you said, trying to convert the uh, Perseus into an aircraft carrier so that they yep. can uh, dogfight. Yes, but they kind of put that on hold because they realize, because like, they're in yeah. the middle of doing that. Because they're like an ultralight only needs 20 meters of space to take off. And we can just use wires like how they catch planes. Uh, That's how they catch planes on aircraft carriers is uh, with a wire stretch across the runway. And they were like, we can just do that and it'll be fine. But I like Mm -hmm. in the middle of that, they're like, wait, this is exactly what the enemy wants me to do. We need to change our strategy. Yes. Yeah. I also thought it was a very good chapter of Dr. Stone. Like I said, I thought almost everything this week was really, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. That will bring us to We Never Learned, Chapter 161, X equals The Sleeping Beauty of the Literary Forest, Part 2. What do you think of We Never Learned this week, Kevin? So, I did really like it. It was really cute and funny. The one complaint I have with the chapter is it kind of feels like another regular chapter of We Never Learn. Like, it almost feels like, oh, this could just end next week. Like the other, the other kind of ending arcs had other stuff going for them. And it was like, all right, so they're getting into cutesy romantic comedy stuff, but like, 
we already know that Furuhashi is basically like, I'm in love with Yu-Gi-Oh, but I can't, I can't have him because of the others. And it doesn't really change mm-hmm. this chapter. Like, she still just has those feelings. Like, I, I want him to say, I want to be able to say, I'll see you tomorrow every day. Which was a great moment, but that was like the one kind of niggling thing with this chapter with me was it didn't seem special for We Never Learn. Like, it just seemed like a good We Never Learn chapter. I didn't even think it seemed like an especially good one. I'll agree with you. It was really cute. And like Furuhashi, like I said, is my favorite of the girls. Mm -hmm. So it was fun getting to see a little bit more of her. I really like the joke about he's always covered in roses because whenever she sees him, he's got like the, the shoujo background. Yep. But other than that, it was just kind of Furuhashi being cute. And I agree with you, especially the Ogata chapter really had a lot more going on in the background. We're only two in, so there's still time to set up, but it really has just been Furuhashi and Yu-Gi-Oh alone. Yeah, I would have expected this chapter like three or four. Like, we have the introduction chapter. All right, this is going to be the scenario. Then we're going to add some weird kooky thing like the ghost with Ogata's thing Mm -hmm. or something like that. Or even with Uraka's thing where we were delving into their past. Like, we're going to add this in and then we're going to do the cutesy romantic comedy stuff. This just seemed a weird pace for me. I think it's to remind us, because we haven't seen Furuhashi in a while, about her major dilemma and like how she doesn't feel like she can be allowed to compete for Yu-Gi-Oh because of her feelings towards her friends. And that's that's totally needs to learn about self-care. Yeah. But yeah, like I feel like that is a lot less powerful when they're not around Mm -hmm. as obstacles. This is my least favorite of the three so far. It's also the ones I have the highest hopes for. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely true. But especially, like I said, everything this week seemed really good. So for, we never learned to just seem like about average. Um, was kind of a letdown. Is there anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. All right. That leads us, last but not least, to Guardian of the Witch, Chapter 17, Guardian's Vow. This ends this arc for Guardian of the Witch. Mm-hmm. It does do that, yes. <sighs> it seems both too fast and too slow. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I was kind of just disappointed with this ending. It's like, oh, I've got a way of draining a witch's power or not draining a witch's power but it's like a witch uses her magic on her guardian which is kind of like her life force so the the doctor figured out a way to reverse that so you can use the life force from the guardian to help cure the witch from turning into an evil and it's like that's kind of cool that like that's a really neat gimmick that will be useful later on but that was about all the chapter had for me yeah, and it's got like a lot of blood transfusion uh, imagery, which is really good. Yeah. But the rest of it, like all of the Duke's men be like, no, we can't betray them because he was so good to us when his whole thing was like, hey, follow the rules. Feels kind of flat. Like all of the emotional impact of the end feels real flat, at least a in little my bit. Opinion. Yeah. Like even I... like Fafnir punching the guy and be like, I just wanted to punch you. Like there are lots of anime heroines who can get or heroes rather who can get away with that sort of line. But yeah. it just feels like it's being emulated here. It doesn't feel like that's a thing Fafnir would say. Yeah, it, that's that's definitely one thing. It's like, here's a cool line. I you know, I didn't do this just because you're an asshole. I just wanted to punch you. But that's yeah. not your character at all. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's something Luffy would do. You know, I just wanted to punch you in the face. Yes. I don't care what you were doing. Yes. And so that felt a little disingenuous. And the the Duke's men, or the bishops or whatever, kind of giving up on him makes a bit of sense because he was kind of going insane about it. And they were like, I I kind of understand it where they're like, wait, you want us to kill the witch who's been helping us the whole time? But because like they don't know that witches turn into evils because like that's specifically the guardian's job. So they're like, wait, you want it? But she's been protecting the town the whole time. Why would we turn on her? And it's like, these are my orders. You're being really weird. Like, I know I'm supposed to follow the rules, but like what happens when one of my rules contradicts one of my other rules. I'm going to stick with the one that makes more sense to me. It wasn't great, yeah. but at least I somewhat understood them being like, we're going to follow our code, code of chivalry first. Yeah, I it just felt, like I said, odd to me. And then, like, yeah. it, they're kind of rushed to the end, right? Yeah. Like, it spe- felt like Spica and her guardian should have had more impact on the story, and that doesn't necessarily mean they have to join the party, but I don't feel like they really taught anything to Fafnir. Yeah. Like, this was just kind of a, hey, the hero showed up and changed your lives for the better by. Which is how every One Piece arc works, right? But it doesn't have near that sort of power. No. Well, and the the One Priest crew also tends to pick up a bunch more from the places that they visit, too. So... Yeah, and I guess that's the problem, is it doesn't seem like Fafnir or, or uh, her, his crew picked up anything here. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't learn anything... They were just kind of, like, the only thing that they learned was, like, hey, we can't get other people on our side. So, that mm-hmm. something, but, like I said at the start, this is kind of just a disappointment of a chapter, really. Yeah, and to me, this is two arcs in a row for Guardian of the Witch that just seemed mm-hmm. kind of generic and nothing. This one had more I liked than the last one. Like, there were some cool beats, but it really doesn't flow right. Yeah. And, like, the tension's never correct in it. So yeah, I found it pretty disappointing as well. All right. That will bring us into Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything from Shonen Jump this week, not just the stuff we read. Got a full 20 this week, so Kevin, what do you have at number 20? So I have a Gravity Boys at number 20. Shocking, I know. Me too. I even thought this was a better A Gravity Boys than normal, honestly. I like, would at have. At least it's paying some stuff off, but there's some very, still some very weird like choices made in it. Yeah, I like, I like the inquisitor chick showing up like all right cool that's paying off like you've been setting that up for a while now but the very fact that it starts off with okay so this happened with like between... this takes place before this later adventure is like really robbing of stakes is that what you're gonna say yes like i i hated okay that. yeah so like that's the first panel basically so that already okay that's annoying so we're just like oh yeah i was just throwing stuff around and now we need to get plot going 
As you say, at least thus far, there's no reason for this story not to take place after the yeah. stories it mentions it taking place before. Yeah. It's not like it would create continuity problems. No, that that's it will honestly create continuity problems having it being in between these stories, probably. The other thing that really bothered me was Saga got somehow dragged into the confusion. Like, at one point, he's claiming to have had a sex change into a dude. And I was like, I I wasn't paying too much attention to this chapter, but why? Okay, th- there is a reason for that. Okay. It's because when she talked to Geralt, he said all the people on him on the ship were girls. Like, he would talk about them. Ah, uh, okay. So he's like, hey, you... So yeah, so she's like, right. yeah, I'd, I had missed that. I got it. So I was like, uh, mm-hmm. why is Saga claiming to have gotten a sex change into a dude? It doesn't fix the fact that the jokes aren't super funny. Like, no. What do you have at nineteen? I have Mitama at nineteen. I actually did like this chapter of Mitama, the weird spirit dude. Like in actual, like when they were describing him, he seems cool, and then. He just seems weird, which is, like, that's kind of a Mitama villain, honestly. Mm -hmm. That was a little off-putting, I guess, where it's like, oh, he's this dude that can turn spirits into evil spirits. All right, cool, but all he seems to do is say me all the time and, like, run around doing weird things. I put Mitama decently high this week. I think I'll talk about that when I get there. I have Mashal at 19. Okay. Because it's just a chapter of Mashal that did nothing for me. I mean, it's kind of set up. It's like, hey, here are the characters from the last couple of stories. They're going to be our cast going forward. And here are the stakes. But I didn't think there were any jokes that landed, nor that I feel like I really needed that. I gotcha. I liked it a bit more, so it went a bit higher for me. What do you have at 18? I have Haikyuu at 18. It's still a good chapter of Haikyuu. Like, I like some of the stuff going on here in the black adlers win the set and they're talking about oh it's a best of five and now the adlers are up two one so like this next game this is you know match point mm-hmm. essentially that that's not how that works but essentially this could be technically it is match point it's not it's not the final game but it is there are they are on match point yes and so that at least brings it forward i had a weird like i just like this chapter of haiku so i okay. went up higher but that is part of it for sure. And some of the art stuff I just really enjoyed too. It didn't do that Haikyuu thing where my eyes glazed over. I gotcha. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 18. That's fair. I like the like making a hole in the domain thing. Yeah, that's but what that's put it up. That's the only thing I, I took out of it. I would have liked it a lot more. I'll talk about it when I get to it. There was one thing that really threw me for a loop. So I have Bone Collection down at 17. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked the bit with the exorcist guy being like, well, I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to use your bone powers and exercise these things. Cause aren't these the family of your friend? So like, wouldn't that be wrong to hurt you or hurt them to hurt him? Essentially. Mm-hmm. That came out super awkward, but do you get what I'm trying to say? I, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Having read the chapter. Yeah, Bone Collection's in a weird spot. I will, again, talk more about it when we get up to where I put it. But, unfortunately, like, there's a lot of stuff I liked in this chapter, but then it's super weirdly paced. Yeah. I have Undead Unluck at 17. Okay. 
the series just is really getting to the point where it doesn't do much for me. There's stuff I liked, like the eleventh chair just appearing was pretty good, and this is just a chapter of ideas more or less. Mm-hmm. I just like, especially after that last arc, I'm not really invested in the characters, so I'm like, it's not like there's someone who would be a cool eleventh seat. We'll just they'll just throw someone in there, right? Yeah, it's not like we already know somebody. It's my number sixteen for a lot of the same reasons. I did kind of like the joke of like one of the one of the rewards was like, and this is the location of UMA Unburn. Probably not going to be yeah. that useful since you already beat Burn, but whatever. Yeah, like I liked I liked that even Apocalypse was like, hey, here's the reward I promised you. It's not really going to do anything for you, but there it is. Hey, maybe they'll go recruit him anyway. Not Burn. Maybe. seems useful. I have Guardian of the Witch at sixteen, okay. just because I found it like we said to be pretty disappointing. Yeah. I have Jujutsu Kaisen up at 15. I really liked some of the stuff going on with like the domain expansion and them talking about it. The one thing that threw me for a loop was I could not recognize who it was that jumped through the hole. And I know I'm supposed to. Gotcha. I also had that feeling, but also that's pretty normal for me with Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. So. Like, yeah, like, I thought it wouldn't have bothered you as much because you're like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I'm like, I'm supposed yeah. to recognize who this person is, and I didn't. I also got really confused because at first I wasn't sure whether he was jumping in the hole or he was down there when they jumped down through the hole. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm like really confused because you've got him like upside down doing something weird. Yeah. Still, next week hopefully should be better. We'll see when we get there. Well, at the very least, I hope they like give his name so I can be like, oh yeah, it's that guy, because like, we literally only see him <laughs> for a panel. Yeah. I have Mori King at 15, and okay. I found Mori King to be very difficult to rank, personally. Some of the jokes land, mm-hmm. but this is one of the most poorly timed chapters of manga I've ever read, because this is about a person being accosted by the police because he looks different, and being shot accidentally when they get scared of him. And that's all played for laughs, but our country's burning down around us because of that right now. Yeah, I don't read the news, so that did not factor into my thinking at all. Yeah, I mean, and I get it, it's all played for laughs, and at the end of the day, the message is, hey, that's wrong. But it's kind of rough chuckles right now. And again, that's in a different, written in a different culture at a different time right now. Although I didn't think Japanese policemen carried guns. I could be wrong about that. Uh, no, I think they do. Okay, I might be th- I might be thinking of British policemen. Yeah, British police are the ones that don't carry guns. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Japanese do. I know mean, gun laws in Japan are super strict, so I may have just assumed that they didn't. But yeah, a lot of the jokes land okay, but like can't not see that when it's the literal context. Mm-hmm. What do you have at fourteen? I have Guardian the Witch at fourteen. Just okay, kind of a disappointing chapter. Yeah, I have Hell's Paradise at 14. Okay. Just because I continue to feel kind of lost with it. Mm-hmm. There is still stuff I like in it, which is why it's going above everything below it. Like, I'm not disappointed in it the way I am with Guardian of the Witch. But, again, I thought I had that a handle on that series, and it just seems like it's spiraling more and more out of control mm-hmm. in my head. I have Mashal up at 13. I actually liked quite a lot of the jokes. Or not quite. I liked some of the jokes in Mashal, so... I thought it was fairly funny. I liked the, you know, like, oh, we've got this special device tells you where all of the gold coins are. As you can see, Lang has basically all of them. We have one. 
And the other class is all about research, so they don't have any. Yeah. It's like, all right, and the uh, other dorm is Hufflepuff, and they don't matter for shit. They're Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff doesn't even get to exist in this. (laughs) That's fair. They're Ravenclaw, and Hufflepuff (laughs) doesn't even exist. You are correct. (laughs) But I did did just like that, where they were like, all right, so it's going to have to be us, because the other guys aren't going to do anything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was just a stating of the stakes, and I didn't really feel I needed that. Mm-hmm. Nor did the jokes really land for me. Yeah, that's fair. I got Heike at 13. Okay. Like I said, the, the art was real pretty. It feels like we're making forward momentum in this game, finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the, the Black Jackals are going to lose the next one. It's going to come down to the, you know, the final game, but that's fine. At least we're getting somewhere. Yep. What do you have at 12? I have Chainsaw Man at 12. I thought this was had some interesting stuff going on where we see powers starting to not be as debilitated by the Darkness Devil. But the big thing was definitely Aki being like, hey, can I maybe not go on the mission to go kill the Gun Devil? Because, and the the older badass dude being like, what, really? I'm, I thought you would have been the guy who was all gung-ho about it. And he's like, nah, I got cold feet. I was like, yeah, I lost an arm, and like I have these two people I have to care about now. Yeah, well, and it cuts to him having maybe visions of Denji and Power dead, and him being like, nah, it's it's uh, it's uh not going to work out well for me, so I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot that he had could literally see the future when I saw that. And I was oh, really? That was more <laughs> just him getting cold, like literally getting cold feet. But yeah. your your version does make sense, too. Yeah, well, and it might just have been his thoughts, because his power specifically yeah. is like two seconds into the future. So, it, yeah. It's maybe well, something... It's, it's not... Yeah. It could be related to that. Yes. It could not. Yeah, it could just have been, this is my thoughts, I don't want to lose these people, or it could have literally been, no, the future devil was fucking with me and showed me a vision of them being dead. Yeah. I got Bone Collection at 12. Okay. I continue to find this series pretty cute, but, like, it does need to find its footing in a way that it hasn't. Like, it really feels like it's been stumbling the last couple chapters. But I do still like the characters and some of the relationship stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. in the same way I find We Never Learn cute, I find this fairly cute. Gotcha. But when it comes to action, it's not that good. I don't really care about the stakes of that. Mm-hmm. I am kind of interested to see their take on shooting Doji with Pyra being like, oh, yeah, no, he's like my drinking buddy. It's good. Yep. What do you got at 11? So I have Black Clover at 11. Okay. I like Black Clover. I like the Nero reveal at the end. I always love the, I always think of it as the Tagoro thing of like, I'm only unleashing 20% of my power. Yeah. I don't know that he was the first one to do that, but that's always what springs to mind whenever I think of people being like... It's either him or Frieza, right? I don't know which one of those comes first. I think Tagara predates Frieza, but I'm not sure. Well, and I don't think Frieza ever says percentages of power. He he does uh, after Goku turns Super Saiyan. Does does he? He gets into that a little bit. It's not nearly as big a deal as it is with Tagara, though. Yeah. But I just love that they're literally... (laughs) the. The villain is like, all right, 70% demon power, the most I can unleash at one time. Perfect. We were waiting for that. Thank you for expositing at us. Yeah. I actually put Black Clover decently high this time for similar reasons. Yeah, I I had a hard time ranking stuff at the top. No, that's super fair. I have Mitama at 11. Okay. 
I, I like the premise for this, and I found the like North Pole basketball training for the ice fist stuff to be genuinely pretty funny. Like the beluga whale shot. Yeah. I like the, part of the thing that ruined the joke for me was the director just being like, oh, "It's not basketball." It's like, no, it's clearly the best. No, <laughs> listen to me, it's not basketball. Like you've said multiple times that you play basketball. That's what you do. Yeah. But this isn't basketball. This is training for the ice fist. Yeah, it's like, no, playing basketball. What do you have at 10? I have Hell's Paradise at 10. I really liked the story with the the giant samurai lady who's kind mm-hmm. of a, was like, you know, people look down on me because I'm huge and I have tanned skin because this is, you know, feudal Japan. So most of them are pasty. But she's like, I basically fell in love with the samurai captain because he treated me as a person. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of liked that story. Yeah, I definitely thought it worked. What do you have at 10? I have Mission Yuzakura family at 10. Okay. I did like the gag of, oh, I'm a background character, so I'm invisible. Like, (laughs) I literally can't be seen. Like, that all worked pretty well for me. But also, he is just kind of a sex creep. And like... He gets his just desserts in the end, but there have been a lot of better, like, one-shot joke chapters of Mission Yozakura family. Yeah. Although Spy Boy is a pretty funny joke. Yeah. So I had Mori King up at nine. Like I said, I do not pay any attention to current world news, so it doesn't really enter my thinking when I'm reading these chapters. So I just thought it was funny that Shoko's like, oh no, somebody's finally going to, like, is somebody finally going to realize, hey... Mori King is this, like, giant insect dude that's being all weird. So I thought some of the jokes landed a lot better. Because obviously I wasn't thinking context, or thinking of the context that you were. Yeah, whereas, like, I could not unsee that context. And boy, did that make all the jokes just, like, not very funny. When I'm thinking of, huh. No, that's totally fair. I get what you're going for, and I agree with your message, but it, it's not the time to be laughing about this right now, I don't think. Yeah. Just, again, like you said, uh, Japan's different than America, yeah. so. Sure, yeah, I don't think this was, like, an intentional. I don't think either a, hey, let's laugh this off, or a um, statement. But, like, I, as an audience member, I can't not see that. Yeah. I got Chainsaw Man at nine. Okay. I mean, we already kind of covered what was on it. It just yeah. was emotionally affecting, so it went above everything below it kind of wasn't, whether I liked it or not. Gotcha. What do you have at 8? So I have Mission Yosakura at 8. I just, I really liked the bit where Mitsumi was like, well, hey, you handed me that eraser one time, right? And the guy's like, is she an angel? And then she looks down and sees his phone with all of his hidden pictures of her, and she's like, Tayo, full power. <laughs> and just the, yes, yeah. ma'am. I just, I really liked that <laughs> Just Desserts sequence of it where he was like, oh, she she actually knows who I am. This is incredible. Because even Ty was like, dude, just delete the photos of Mitsumi and you'll be fine. Yeah. I have Black Clover at eight. I okay. enjoyed the fight scenes in this chapter of Black Clover. And like you, I liked the ending. Yeah, it, it was. I thought it was, it's everything I want in a chapter of Black Clover. Yep. All right. So I have We Never Learned down at number seven. Same. I think number seven is definitely my bracket of I really liked. Yeah. 
this stuff. It'll and- be interesting to see how our top seven rank out because no, none of our um anything we had below was the same, but we have all the remaining. We have our top seven is the same. Oh yeah, our top seven is so the same, speak. but. <laughs> So yeah, like like I said, it was a really cute we never learned. I just I mm-hmm. wasn't feeling like this could have just been a chapter that happened in the middle of the story. Like it didn't feel like, hey, yeah. here we are at an ending. Yes. And and like I said, I with the exception of one joke, I didn't think it was very funny either. Not like, oh, this is trying to be funny, it's not. Mm-hmm. It was just more leaning more towards the cute and we never learns at its best when it can be both. Yeah. What do you have at number six? I have My Hero at number six. Okay. I really like this chapter of My Hero. I think the main reason it's down here is because it's just kind of a beat. Like, it's a good beat, but it's kind of just, hey, Shigaraki's coming after Deku. Like, at its Mm -hmm. most base level. I have Dr. Stone at number six. Okay. I really like this chapter of Dr. Stone, but... And a lot of Doctor Stone chapters kind of have this problem. I'm it's got me more excited for the next one than excited about what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I do really like the mental chess game going on, but like Doctor Stone is always one of the its strengths is it's always good at like moving forward and like transitioning in from the last chapter and setting up the next. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that means a lot of Doctor Stone chapters don't have a lot of room to breathe, which puts it up below all the stuff that I felt did. Gotcha. What do you have at five? Doctor Stone. Okay. I really liked it, and I really liked the mental chess match in this, so I think that's what put it up just a little bit more than My Hero. Again, the top seven was mm-hmm. just me staring at things yeah. going like, uh, I don't know, can I rank them all number one? For a minute for me, they were just in the order that I read them, and I was like, no, <laughs> that's not right. Anything else you wanted to say on Dr. Stone? No. What did you have at five? I have Act Age at five. Okay. I did really like that reveal at the end, like you talked about, but... Like I said, I went back and reread it for it, and it didn't really change much, so that put it below the the thing I have in the top four, in my opinion. Gotcha. It's super good. What do you got at four? I had the Promise Neverland at four. I really liked the the kind of twist on Emma's promise, and then I really liked the bit at the end where it's like Emma's, all right, well, you know, let's go out in town, and she's like, oh, so many people, and she's like wandering around, and uh, Ray and Gilda just happen to be there, and I'm like, Huh? That sounded yeah. like Emma. Yeah. I get One Piece at four. Okay. Super like this chapter of One Piece. It had a lot going on. That end reveal super good. But even though it had a lot going on, it didn't feel like it made super progress with any of the stories. Mm-hmm. And re- although really what it comes down to is the top, the three I have above it, I liked more. I got you. What do you have at three? I had Time Paradox at three. That was really good. I really liked the reveal that I know's going to be his assistant. That was really great. Like I said, it surprised even me with the, oh, here are your assistants. Oh, and this girl. I found her on an online, or she like applied through an online ad. And uh-huh. her just explaining everybody like, oh yeah, we came up with the same idea, even the same title. And one of the guys being like, well, I know people sometimes have that feeling of like, we came up with the same idea, but generally they don't have the same title. Yeah, they're not this exact same. She's like, yeah, it's weird. Yep, and she's just totally fine with it. And I, I like at the end where she's like, she kind of like looks at the pages and is like, it's kind of perfect. But she, like, to me, it read as her being kind of just like, yeah, that seems good. And so yeah, he was like, nope, gotta scrap it, do it all over again. Yeah, the the ending. 
really helped with Time Paradox, I think. I mean, the whole chapter was super good. Yeah. I have uh, Promise Neverland at three. Okay. Mostly for the, like, the emotions in it work. Like, the, the despair works. Like yep. I said, it, it felt odd comparing it to some previous chapters, but on its own, it really works. Mm-hmm. What do you got at number two? I have Act Agent number two. I, because I didn't go back and read it, I really liked the reveal that Kay was that one seemingly random girl in there, and the fact that the one, the chick who the TV drama is going to be about, picked up on it immediately. Is like, hey, you, why have you been acting this whole time? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that was really cool. I got my hero at two. Because, like I said, this is where I want the chapter to go. And the Deku Bakugu stuff at the end there is just chef kiss. Good. Yep. So I had one piece at one. Just Marco at the end kicking the the big mom pirates off the waterfall again. was just really great. Yeah. That and the other two that I'm drawing a blank on also being there. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell who they were. They're kind of in shadow. And I had the feeling, like, one of them looked like the cat whose name I can't think of right now, Devil Viper. Yeah, that I thought, I assumed it was the, because, like, he was clearly the cat man. Yeah, and but, I didn't but the other exactly one doesn't look the... like Dogstorm to me, so. Well, no, because isn't Dogstorm with, well, I guess both of them are, Yeah. should be at the island. Yeah, so I'm not really sure who those are, but I am That's excited fair. to find out. Yes. I have Time Paradox Ghost Rider at one, mostly for that page reveal I talked about. How I felt like it was a super strong misdirect. Like, it was such a strong misdirect, I probably should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And the page turn was very strong with her and her name and age. Like, she's a character card. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked that. And I'm excited for Time Paradox again after, like I said, last week's chapter was kind of Being a weird, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that will do it for Jump Card. We will be talking about Flame of Rekka Volume 5 after the break. Flame of Rekka, Volume 5, this week. Did, uh, did someone mention Elder Tagoro earlier? <laughs> yeah. Because Rekka is taking place in the illegal martial arts tournament, very distinct from the dark tournament. Yes. It, it's illegal, so it can uh, infringe on the name if it wants to. Yeah, and I did, I did kind of love that of, like, if you have any problems with any of the proceedings, you have no legal recourse. Okay. <laughs> that- that line also stood out to me. You know how if you declare something illegal, the law just doesn't apply to it. That's how it works, right? Yeah. Like if the cops bust down your drug smuggling ring and you're like, no, 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 officer. This is an illegal drug smuggling ring. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you got me. And they just have to leave. Yep. Yeah. What What did you think of this volume, Kevin? I still liked it. I'm still having fun. It's a decent pickup of a pace. But it's definitely not my favorite tournament arc that I've read. Yeah, At and least the, to be fair, we've only, we've, we're not even one fight in. 
Well, we're a fighting. Yes. It is it is dark tournament style. It's teams of five, but the main characters only have four. Where have I seen that before? Mm-hmm. I really like Fuko's fight a lot, actually. Yeah. That takes place here. But everything else in the volume is like, man, this is pretty Yu Yu Hakusho, and I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. Like, because the the setup for the tournament, we... we we ended the last volume with them being attacked by a random encounter because the DM wasn't sure how to end the exposition scene. So they defeat yep. that. They they get some good loot and they go off the train. Rekka is starting to master. He's mastered two of his eight dragons. That's kind of cool. Yep. Fuko and Domon are training together. Yeah, he goes off to train basically alone. Mm-hmm. The, the well, he goes with Inagi. There. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I meant by basically. Like, she's yeah. not there to train with him. She's just there. Because, like, so we see- hey, I've got to protect mm-hmm. you, so you've got to be around me at all times. So we meet Karei's dad, who looks like a guy whose face is being drawn in shadow. But apparently that's just what he looks like. Because other people comment on it later. <laughs> yes. And he's like, ah, oh, you didn't get the healer chick for me. And he's like, ah, oh, yes. But if you arrange the illegal martial arts tournament and they gamble her away, then we'll have her for sure. They couldn't rescue Akira again after that. I did really love that. Like, uh, it's the illegal arts tournament, so it's like, part of me would just love for them to be like, alright, and then yeah. hand the girl over. No. Oh. This is illegal. What, you what? have no legal recourse. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I would have loved that if Rucka says, you have no legal recourse here, <laughs> you can't take her. Shit! Yeah. To be fair, they when it comes time to take her, they will probably all be knocked out or dead, but... Yes, but I just, I would have, that that was the first thing that popped into my head. Ha, if we're here to collect our reward. No, you have no legal recourse. You can't make me give her to you. See, for me, it was that they, very similar to the Dark Tournament. The villain from the last arc, who they didn't quite defeat, shows up and is like, hey, you have to join this martial arts tournament or I'll kill you. Also, if you lose in the martial arts tournament, I'll kill you. And take, you know, it's like, no, what do we have to gain from this? Yeah, this one, it seems like they're definitely much more tricked than they are with the Tagoro brothers, because, like, Tagoro legitimately felt like he could murder Yeah, well, yeah. Yusuke. Yusuke's like, Tagoro's like, I'll, I'll, I'll murder you and your family, or you come to the tournament and I'll just murder, murder you. Yeah, I'll just murder you. Whereas, like, this is almost the reverse, where it's like, I'll murder you, or you join the tournament and I'll murder you and take you Nagi. Yeah, and it's like, it, it, it just. but I won our last fight. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely ambiguous, Yes, but yeah, it just, it seemed very odd to me. And also, like I said, the previous castle arc seemed very similar to the Saint Beast arc of Yu Yu Hakusho. Flame of Rekka has a very Yu Yu Hakusho energy to it in general. Mm-hmm. This just felt way more so. Like, My Hero, I think, structurally borrows a tremendous amount to Naruto, or from Naruto, mm-hmm. but it never feels like it's copying it this much. No. Also, the Dark Tournament's overrated. But, yeah, I just, like I said, Fuko's got a fight in here that takes up a couple chapters that I think super good. There's some cool stuff with Rekka's mom that's kind of sweet. There's a joke about groping boobs that I don't hate. <laughs> I I did love that, where it was like, you need to give up something valuable. And Domon's like, well, I have this pro wrestler shirt. No. And Fuko's like, the right to touch my breasts? No. <laughs> and so the, all the other girls are like, the right to touch my breast. 
And then when he... <laughs> and they're like, no. And he's like, points at Yanagi, and she's like, mine? <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm the small one. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, her. Oh, it's good. The wind claw's cool. It's cool that they looted the gimmicks of the people they beat, and now they have are using them as their powers. Domon's fight is super dumb, where he's like, no, I'm going to save my thing that will win for my trump <laughs> Like card. Ultraman. Oh, no. Oh, no, I got beat up. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm still enjoying it as well, but like this tournament doesn't, like you said, it's not doing a lot for me. Yeah, we'll see, though. You can't have a shonen manga without a tournament arc, I suppose, though. Well, it's against the law. Like you said, we're technically not even done with the first match yet. So, there could be some cool stuff going on here in subsequent parts of the tournament because these like this group seemed like the least special group to fight them have them fight you know what i mean like yeah they just seem to be extremely competent humans besides the one guy with the shikigami powers yeah and not to you compare it too much to yu Hakusho, but like the first match for Team Urameshi is for them all to show up with show off what they learned in their training. Yep. And this isn't really accomplishing that. Like it kind of did with Fuka, which might be like why I liked her fight so much. But Sword Guy just seemed like a normal fight for him. And well, he Domon got beat up. Yes, but I do like I do love that it was like well Domon has done some training, but he was just an idiot. So like even they're like we're going to train your brain next. I liked that joke. Yeah. And Fuka, you know, hey, here's the results of her training. Uh, we get to see a bit more of the results of Rekka's training. Like, you know, we knew he could summon two of the dragons, but we didn't know exactly what they can do besides like, hey, I can make a blade of fire. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit more of that. And uh, the water swordsman guy, like we just get to see more of what he can do. Yeah. Because it's like he didn't specific, like he wasn't really doing too much training for this like i love at one point they're literally like he'd probably be the strongest out of the four in like a normal battle like Rekka was mm-hmm. able to kind of break the rules of combat but like in a straight up one-on-one fight the the water swordsman guy would win mm-hmm. anything else you want to talk about with uh flame Rekka? we haven't gotten going on long but boy is this the dark tournament yeah i and it's like I don't want to say it's, you know, oh, it's fine that it's doing that, but like, all right, yeah, it's a tournament arc, and it's, like I said, it's not my favorite tournament arc, but it's not like the worst one I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still interested. I want to read, you know, I want to see where this goes. I want to see who else they fight. I want to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on with this super lovable assassin guy, Monk. Mm hmm. All right. And, like, that should be a good fight. And also, we're in, like, a weird tense moment where Rekka has to lose for there to be that fight with the weird monk guy. And it would be weird for it not to occur, although that he could be being set up for later. Yeah, it's well, it's also very weird, because if Rekka loses, then how exactly does that... Like, they don't explain how exactly that works. Like, honestly... No. Because the at first, when even when Rekka mentions it, He's like, well, if Fuka loses, I'll have to beat the last two guys. And part of me was kind of almost expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. But she won her match. Mm-hmm. Although, if, like, Rekka loses this one, they'll both have two wins, and you need... Or, they'll have two wins, and you need three to advance, so... Correct, yeah, but... it is weird. But I meant, like, does one of the winning members then have to fight? Or can, like, any of them fight? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. honestly, I feel like yeah. if Rekka somehow loses this fight, like, honestly, what I can see hap- happening is having him throw the fight so that he can fight the big guy. Mm-hmm. Goku style. Yeah. That's a very Goku move. Yeah. Like, literally, like, beat the dude and then go, I surrender. Well, I guess that's more of a um, Shikamaru thing of, like, I win, but I'm done. <laughs> I win, but I don't want to do it again. So, it's the opposite of Shikamaru. <laughs> yeah, but I just meant the uh, Shikamaru yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, fight, yeah, where he yeah. was literally like, all right, I'm done. What, what do you mean you're done? Well, I give up. Like, I've got the next, you know, like 106 moves planned in advance, but man, I don't want to go through with that. So you win. Have fun. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for a Flame of Rekka. All that leaves is personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank characters from best to worst. At the very best is the number one Hokage, Uzumaki Naruto. At the bottom, we have that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And in the middle, we have Tomura Shigaraki from My Hero Academia and Buggy the Clown from One Piece. <laughs> from Flame of Rekka, we have uh, Rekka Hanabishi at number 21. Right below him, we have Fuko Kurosawa at number 22. Twice as far down the list, we have uh, Kagihoshi, Rekka's mom, at 44. And at 48, we have Yanagi Takashita. I kind of want to put Fuka above Rekka at this point. That's fair. I'm way more excited to read about her and her fight than any of the stuff going on with Rekka. That's totally fair. Okay. Who are we going to add? I mean, do we want to put Domon on the list? He's the one who makes the most sense to me. There's also Water Sword Guy, whose name I would have to look up, but... It's right here, so it's we not still, like that would be hard. We st- I was like, yeah, well, I was like, we also both know him as Water Sword Guy, so. <laughs> that's, that's not great, is it? No, I, I think Domon's the best uh, for us currently. Okay. Domon is worse Kuabara, but we don't have Kuabara on the list, so we can't just cheat like that. Put him below, yeah. You know who he's actually super comparable to, though, is Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach, I think. Fair. I don't think he's as good as Ichigo, though, personally. No, I obviously we'll see as things progress in the story, but I would agree with you. He's just kind of like, I'm the big, dumb, strong idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, right below Ichigo, you have Yanagi, and I think he kind of goes above her personally. Yeah. If, if you want to argue me, I can I can take that argument. But... No, that's that's fair. Yeah, he's just kind of like he's a big, tough guy, and he's fine at that, but he's not an especially good version of that character. But that makes him better than a, like, not especially good love interest, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Domon Ishijima goes at number 48, below Ichigo and above Yanagi. And that pretty much does it for this episode. Next week, we are going to be reading some shonen stuff that I've never experienced at all before, other than people telling me about it. I know you've seen the anime, Kevin. When I we are not. going to be reading Fairy Tale Volume One, you've not. Oh, sorry, I I was thinking of something else. I've I've read a bunch of Fairy Tale and watched a lot of the anime. Yeah. Gotcha. I was thinking about what we're doing two weeks from now. Gotcha. Until then, our opening theme is "Fighting Against One's Will" by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is "A Psychic Fistfight" by Tom W. Emmerich. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website. 
where you can find past episodes, the personality power level list, as well as a link to our Discord. If you want to talk to us, that is the easiest way to do it, where we've been talking about some of the manga and anime we've been reading lately and watching, I suppose. Mm -hmm. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcasts is our Patreon page if you want to help support us. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Nope. All right. Have a great week, guys. We will see you next time. Stop.